Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope you had a fantastic weekend in the wild and wacky world of sports and beyond. We have some fun in store for you today, including a celebration of college football. The playoff committee could have had sleepless nights, late night debates, maybe even migraine headaches. Instead, it was champagne and caviar and cigars and kick your feet up and relax. Nobody could have screwed this up. 13-0 LSU, 13-0 Ohio State, 13-0 Clemson. You can't get any better than a Power 5 conference champion that didn't lose a game. The Oklahoma Sooners at 12-1, folks, as the Big 12 champion, were the only other Power 5 team without two or more losses. It was that simple in the end. That doesn't mean the debate goes away, of course. Some are asking, why should Oregon have bothered to mess with that early season game against Auburn? If they had just scheduled a cupcake, well then when Oregon beat Utah in the Pac-12 title game, the Ducks would have been 12 and one. The Ducks would have been a contender, but they scheduled up and they ended up paying for scheduling up because they lost that game. So they're the 11 and two conference champ instead of the 12 and one conference champ. That debate will not go away. Some are still calling for an eight team or larger bracket the way we have at other levels of football. And of course, all over the sports world, bracket style and other contexts. We have an NFL weekend to celebrate. We have a very successful head coach in our backyard. Eli Drinkwitz, one more conference champion. It wasn't just LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma. Let's raise our glasses to Pac-12 champs, Oregon. AAC champs, Memphis, they lost their coach as well. Mountain West champs, Boise State, Sun Belt champs, Appalachian State. It was 45-38 over Louisiana at Kid Brewer Stadium right here in Boone, North Carolina. And yes, Eli Drinkwitz, the same guy who arrived at App State saying, this is a top 25 job in America. This is not a stepping stone job. That same Eli Drinkwitz after one and only one season. It's not even over yet. He has accepted the job at Missouri, so he is moving on. Some are calling him two-faced. Some are simply thanking him for a great season in Mountaineer Nation and wishing him well at a, tip, a tough job in the Southeastern Conference where, yes, he will be paid a lot more money than he was able to make at App State. And, of course, that is a significant part of the equation. My thoughts on that with yours, whether you're an App State fan or not, the coaching carousel is spinning. Mike Norvell wins it all at Memphis in conference terms, American Athletic Conference. He gets the FSU job in the ACC. Lane Kiffin at Florida Atlantic wins the Conference USA title. He's already off to Ole Miss in the SEC. And sure enough, Eli Drinkwitz of App State. Remember, there's only five group of five conference champions. Well, three of the five winning coaches in those games are already moving on to the next level, stepping stone style. Eli Drinkwitz off to the Missouri Tigers of the Southeastern Conference. You have questions and comments on college football. We have a lot on the NFL. Looking forward, it's only Eagles-Giants tonight. If you're into the Eli Manning farewell tour, he will be in for the injured former Duke star Daniel Jones at QB for the Giants as they visit the Eagles. 
That is mildly interesting, perhaps because the Eagles still have a chance of catching the Cowboys in the NFC East. But glancing back at the weekend that was, the Kansas City Chiefs going to New England, where the Patriots had a long winning streak, and beating Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the Patriots on their home field, 23-16 for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and company. The Chiefs improved to 9-4. and four. The Patriots fall to 10-3. and three. They're both, of course, considered among the top half-dozen contenders for this year's Super Bowl. The Baltimore Ravens did not put up huge offensive numbers this time with MVP candidate Lamar Jackson leading the way, but I thought they had another of the best wins of the weekend in the entire sport of football. We didn't have any nail biters, or not many. LSU 37-10 to over Georgia for the SEC title. Ohio State, that one took a while longer than most people thought, but they still won by double digits, 34-21 to over Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game. We were in Charlotte. I mean, holy cow. We predicted that Clemson would win by a lot, but 62-17 to over UVA in the ACC title game. There was drama in the Big 12 where the Sooners needed overtime to take out Baylor. But in the NFL, we did have some close games, and I thought the best wins of the weekend were all one-possession games. Shout-out to the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the 49ers. It is not easy to go to New England and beat the Patriots, as the Chiefs just did. It is not easy to go to New Orleans and beat the Saints, as the 49ers just did. 48-46, to it was San Fran over New Orleans. The Niners are 11-2. The Ravens are 11-2. The Patriots fall to 10-3. The Chiefs and some other good teams are hanging around at 9-4. Meanwhile, the Rams won again over the Seahawks. They're still in the playoff picture. Ryan Tannehill and the Titans keep winning. They thrashed the Raiders in Oakland, and they're actually 8-5 and five and in the playoff picture as well. You can jump in with your best or worst of the weekend, of course, as we look forward to guests later on the NFL and college football, including the voice of the Carolina Panthers, Mick Mixon. He will drop by. The worst of the weekend votes were all over the place. The Carolina Panthers, remember, were embarrassed at home by the Atlanta Falcons a few weekends ago. And it contributed to, it was one of the straws that broke the camel's back in the dismissal of Ron Rivera. Half-empty stadiums and especially those ugly home losses to a bad Atlanta team and a bad Washington team. If David Tepper had any doubt, those were among the things that removed the doubt. And that's why it was interim head coach Perry Fuel leading the Panthers to Atlanta. Different venue, basically the same result. Falcons hammered the Panthers in Charlotte. A few weeks ago, they hammered the Panthers in Atlanta yesterday. That's a non-playoff team in Atlanta, and they just handed the Panthers' heads to them. Meanwhile, Utah not only losing to Oregon, but getting crushed by the Ducks with a college football playoff bid perhaps at stake. The Panthers of the NFL, among others. The Utes of college football, among others. The Tar Heels got beaten badly at UVA in basketball. The Demon Deacons lost at home to NC State. Another rough season so far for Danny Manning and the Deeks. Patrick Reed, the golfer, who will be among those representing the United States of America at the President's Cup later this week in Australia, got caught cheating in the Bahamas. And you know how golf fans feel about such things. Captain America, as he's called before, his, because of his brilliant performances at the Ryder Cup, among other places. He's always had a little bit of a shady reputation, going all the way back to college. That's why he's a little bit of a lone wolf on the PGA Tour. 
caught cheating in the Bahamas after video evidence showed that he was cheating. You can do a lot of bad things in the golf world and not be ostracized. If your fellow players think that you cheat and get away with it or even manipulate the rules a little bit, what you and I might do marking our putt on you know Saturday weekend Warrior Golf Round, there's a right way to mark your putt and a wrong way to mark your putt. And I know PGA Tour pros who believe that even though it is typically undetected and unpenalized, there are dudes who know how to improve their spot by marking it and remarking it a very certain way. If they see that about each other, they are certainly not going to like when your club hits the sand and you pretend that it didn't and the officials have to tell you about it later. One more ugly notch, I think, on the Patrick Reed resume, a worst of the weekend as well. There was a heavyweight boxing championship match this weekend, and one of the guys showed up about 60 pounds overweight and lost as a result. He actually said, and God, I hope to incorporate this phrase into my life at some point. He actually said, Andy Ruiz Jr., who lost to Anthony Joshua, I'm pretty sure it was the three months of partying after my last win that contributed to this loss. I just want to be able to say that. At some, I'm pretty sure, Darren, that today's show, should it turn out poorly, I want to be able to say I think it turned out poorly because, man, those three straight months of partying really brought, brought us crashing back to earth. We do, kind of, sort of, party for three straight months with the Big Tailgate Tour. That has come to the conclusion with the ACC title game in Charlotte. We were there, thanks to those of you who came out and said hello to us. It was our final stop, so of course, thanks to all the tire dealers who support us across the state and our title sponsor, Continental Tire, as well. Sport Clips, a huge part of the Big Tailgate Tour, as it has grown to be a phenomenon uh, across the great state of North Carolina during college football season. Thanks to all of those folks. Intern Will has been a rock on the Big Tailgate Tour. Darren Vaught, the producer of this program, has been there virtually every week as well. Can we say that our three months of partying on the Big Tailgate Tour may lead to, you know, shaky shows here in the month of December? I mean, it's, it's the Andy Ruiz Jr. excuse. He, he at least <laughs> got paid a lot of money to lose to Anthony Joshua. Right. It was a highlight of the weekend for boxing fans, just as the NFL, college football, NBA, NHL, and other fans chimed in in my inbox over the weekend. Of course, we count them as votes, best or worst of the weekend, but we come to you every Monday as we are syndicated and live in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns. It boils down to this. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe over the weekend that was and what made it that? What was the worst thing you saw anywhere over these last three days and what made it that? We will talk about the departure of Eli Drinkwitz. We will talk about the Final Four in the college football playoff. We will give the occasional shout-out to, for example, Torrey Holt. We knew he was going in. But the ceremony is actually tomorrow night. The former Wolfpack and NFL legend wide receiver is going to be in New York City tomorrow night as part of this year's College Football Hall of Fame class. A catcher named Ted Simmons that I watched while growing up and a union leader named Marvin Miller were voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame this weekend. In my opinion, although Marvin Miller never played a professional baseball game, he was one of the most overdue honorees in the history of any sport and any Hall of Fame. 
I will explain why as we pick over the weekend that was Chiefs, Ravens, Niners, Titans, Rams, and others best of the weekend, Panthers, and others worst of the weekend. And yes, we have a lot to talk about in college football given the championship games in conference play and the bowl games that await many of the teams that we follow. Mick Mixon live in our second hour as we celebrate Sebastian Ajo and the Hurricanes. Some NBA items rolled in over the weekend that was, I thought Duke up at Virginia Tech looked good, best of the weekend style. NC State went to Wake and won in college basketball. UVA's Tony Bennett still has an elite defense. And when the Cavs and the Tar Heels played each other as, I would say, offensively challenged teams, the Cavs had that elite defense to lean on, and the Tar Heels had nothing of the sort. The Deeks and the Heels among the worst of the weekend, the Devils in the pack, and the Cavs among the best of the weekend. You can jump in. What was the best thing you saw? What was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe? And what made it that? I am personally pleased that the nation of Russia, which has been caught repeatedly cheating in the sporting world, the lion cheating, corrupt, lawless, soulless nation of Russia, which cheats in a lot of other ways as well, got busted by an organization called the World Anti-Doping Agency. They didn't fall for the lies. They didn't fall for the con man. Putin said, we didn't do it. Some people are gullible enough to believe such explanations. WADA was not, and as a result, Lion, cheating, corrupt, lawless, soulless Russia has a four-year ban from international sports competition. I celebrate that because, remember, there are repercussions in the Olympics context, the World Cup context, and otherwise, although not all of those details have been figured out. There's a mountain of evidence of how badly Russian athletes have been cheating and doping in sports. Just a mountain. You'd have to be blind gullible, naive, a member of a cult to not see all this evidence and realize how badly Russia has been not only cutting corners, just but just flat out in your face cheating, like substituting test tubes for one another because they know one is going to be found tainted and they want to break into somewhere and switch out the test. I mean, it is cheating on top of cheating on top of cheating. And I like when cheaters get caught. So lying, cheating, corrupt, lawless, soulless Russia getting put into international sports prison, if you will. One of the highlights of the weekend for me personally. 1-800-849-2761. Shout out to Wake and UVA in soccer. They're in the final four in the men's bracket, which will be contested. They call it the College Cup right here in Cary, Wake Med Soccer Park in Cary will be the venue as Wake and UVA and Stanford and Georgetown to the Final Four for the men. Stanford edged UNC last night. Anson Dorrance and the Tar Heels, close call, but they fell in penalty kicks. So it is the Stanford Cardinal that rules once again the women's soccer world of the NCAA. 1-800-849-2761. What do you think about Eli Drinkwitz's departure? Are you happy with the final four in college football? Not only those teams, Sooners, Tigers, Tigers, and Buckeyes, but the format. Do you still think you need to go to eight, or was this year an example where four was the perfect tidy number? 1-800-849-2761. Did you see Sebastian's, Sebastian Ajo's hat trick and career-high five points as the Canes beat the Minnesota Wild? Uh, six to two on Saturday night it was. They, of course, are headed to Western Canada 
Edmonton on Tuesday, Vancouver on Thursday, Calgary on Saturday. That is the week that awaits the Carolina Hurricanes. They are in playoff position. Some of our college football teams are going to bowl games, and some of our college basketball teams are populating the, the high portion of the national rankings and top 25s. Mick Mixon, second hour, your phone calls right now. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports weekend and what made it that? What was the worst thing you saw and what made it that? I'll give you more of the best emails that hit my inbox over the weekend, and we're coming right to your calls. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can be next on The David Glenn Show. I would never be so competitive, so childish, that I would actually keep track of my record as a coach in youth soccer. I mean, that would be ridiculous. So when I think about my 78 wins, two losses, and four ties, <laughs> not that I was keeping track or anything. Stay with us on The David Glenn Show. Everybody's out there in a fantasy world trying to predict the future. I mean, I don't even know what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. When I had the opportunity to become a head coach, for me, it was about building and sustaining a championship-level program, and I'm excited about what we're doing here at App State. I mean, last time I checked, John Gruden was going to Tennessee. How'd that work out for everybody? Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Less than one month ago, Appalachian State football coach Eli Drinkwitz was here on the show. Even at that point, because of his success in his first year as the head coach of the Mountaineers, remember, after success as an offensive assistant coach at places like Boise State, and then remember he brought Ryan Finley with him to NC State from Boise. So Finley had his success, and then off to the NFL Cincinnati Bengals. Eli Drinkwitz had his success on Dave Doran's staff offensively on some high-scoring teams. He gets the opportunity at App State. So less than a month ago, I asked him that question. App State fans wanted to know, man, you're the guy who called it a top 25 job. You're the guy who said it's not a stepping stone job. Folks, if you leave any job after one season, it is by definition for you a stepping stone job. Way back in the day, Mac Brown stayed with the Mountaineers of App State for one and only one season. He got an opportunity at Tulane, and he was there for a little while. And he later, of course, ended up at Carolina and then Texas as a national champion and now back with the Tar Heels. Carolina was a job where Mac Brown spent 10 years. And I remember some fans of the Tar Heels being mad at Mac Brown for taking the Texas job. And some of them were using the stepping stone label. And I'm like, wait a minute. There were no vans backed up to the warehouse in the middle of the night. He did not just fly the coop after accomplishing nothing. He, he gave a decade of his professional life to the Tar Heels. Now, yes, he viewed Texas as a better football job. And for that matter, wisely so. He did with the Longhorns thanks to their tradition and, of course, his and his players and his staff's hard work, but also the facilities and the budget and the great high school football in Texas as a recruiting resource. Mac Brown took a better football job, but you can't really say he used the Tar Heels as a stepping stone, right? He used App State as a stepping stone way back when, when he was a first-time really young head coach. But if you spend a decade somewhere, you know, Scott Satterfield didn't use App State as a true stepping stone. He left, and yes, he left for a higher-profile conference, and he left for more money, and he was just the ACC Coach of the Year after building the program that Eli Drinkwitz, to Coach Drink's credit, cashed in with another Sun Belt championship. That program's fourth in a row. 
Some are mad at Eli Drinkwitz for leaving after only one year and saying specifically it's not a stepping stone job. That audio Darren just played for you was from our show less than one month ago. To to Coach Drink's credit, I gave him a chance to say, I can't promise I'll be at App State forever, but this is not a stepping stone job, and there's no way I'm just going to be here for one season. So Mountaineers fans can relax. We're going to win the Sun Belt title, and who knows what happens two or four or six years from now, but there's no way I'm leaving this place after only one season when they gave me my first head coaching opportunity. He had a chance to say any of those things. He chose not to, and he chose instead to say, let's live in the moment. Why do coaches do that? Because they don't want to look like liars. If he had said to me less than a month ago, oh, yeah, man, DG, these guys gave me my first opportunity. I can't turn around and stab them in the back and leave right away. I want to build something here. And then maybe someday, who knows, I'll move on. Unlike Coach Sat, of course, like most coaches, there's no deep roots in Boone, North Carolina. Coach Sat, of course, is both a native of the state of North Carolina and a graduate and former player of Appalachian State football, right? Those are deep roots. Those are personal roots and professional roots. And he still left, but he didn't leave in the middle of the night. I mean, he left after three straight Sun Belt titles. He left after being a part of national championships at the FCS level. Nobody can accuse Scott Satterfield of unfulfilling be of not fulfilling his commitment to the Mountaineers the guy gave when you add it all up student quarterback assistant coach I mean he gave decades of his life to his alma mater this is different and it brings up the question are you just a hired gun is all this stuff about you know joking about the best Mexican restaurant locally or getting to know the fan base a little bit or schmoozing with the media a little bit is it all just smoke and mirrors and for the most part, these college coaches are hired guns that when the much better opportunity, either as defined by money, not everybody defines their careers that way, or in that bigger picture, chance to win at a higher level. However you define such things, just remember this as we invite your calls. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that? What was the worst thing you saw and what made it that? LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma, of course, leading the college football best of the weekend. Kansas City, Baltimore, and San Francisco leading the NFL best of the weekend. Duke, NC State, and UVA leading the college basketball best of the weekend. Sebastian Ajo, Torrey Holt. Marvin Miller, Ted Simmons, and others getting votes as well. You can be next at 1-800-849-2761. Most of the time in college sports, the majority of the time, coaches are more hired gun than they are attached to you emotionally the way a child is attached to his or her mother through an umbilical cord. Most of these guys either think themselves or are being told by their agents, their advisors, sometimes their wives or others close to them in the coaching fraternity. They're being told this, and then I'll come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Coach Drink, you are being offered the Missouri job in the Southeastern Conference. Most years, that is the best conference in college football. Maybe not every year, but most years. The more you define things by money, the more Coach Drink's decision was a no-brainer. And again, 
I am not one who defines my success, my career by money. I like making money. And if somebody offered me, I've actually been at stages of my career where I said to folks, unless you're truly doubling my income, I'm not even interested in returning your phone calls. If I like where I am, you got to knock me out of my chair. In case you did not know, Coach Eli Drinkwitz's base income over the course of a year at Missouri is expected to be in the $4 million range. His base income at App State was in the $750,000 range. Now, yes, you have incentives, and you can hit those incentives, and even at App State, he could become a seven-figure head coach, make a million or more a year in Boone with the best program in the Sun Belt, which gives you, remember, a chance to, to, to sustain that success. I think everybody knows that winning in football at Missouri in a conference that also includes Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Auburn, Florida, and depending on the year, I mean, Texas A&M is on the upswing. Good luck with all that, right? I see that downside just as many of you see that downside. Just remember that most human beings given a chance to quintuple their base income will take that phone call for sure and in most cases take that job as well. 750000 base at App State, $4 million base a year with the Missouri Tigers. Keep in mind that if you fell on your face, and let's face it, there are middling jobs in every conference, there are bad jobs in every conference. That nobody would argue that Missouri is a top half of the – I don't want to get into where it is. I don't care if you put it 8th or 10th or 12th or 14th, whatever. It's a 14-team league. Don't get caught up in the minutia. The bottom line is it is a bottom half of the SEC job the way intelligent people look at football tradition, facilities, administrative support, fan support. How much have you won lately? How many players do you have in the NFL? What can you sell to the next generation of high school prospects? It's a heck of a lot easier to win at places that have a tradition of winning. It is a heck of a lot harder to win at places that do not have that tradition of winning. We all see, I think, the potential downside of Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri. He could lose three straight years and get fired. But he would have more than $12 million in his pocket over those three years. And depending on how his contract is written, likely more money than that for whatever years on his contract that went unfulfilled. How long would you have to stay at App State to make all that money? You'd have to stay for over a decade. And, and that's, how, that's how crazy the numbers get. And somebody, they're not all wired the same way, right? Somebody is going to say to Eli Drinkwitz, man, if you win this year the way you just did, 12-1 and Sunbelt champions, we'll see how they do in their bowl game. They'll probably win it. They'll be 13-1. and You don't have to guess what this narrative around you will be two years from now if you're not quite as good. What if you win nine games one year, win 10 games another year, and maybe you're not the Sunbelt champion one of those years? There's other good teams in that league. You know what the narrative's going to be? Scott Satterfield built that program. Eli Drinkwitz, first-time head coach, used all of Sat's players to win the Sun Belt title and go 13-1 and his first year. And then they're not bad, but they're not as good now that it's Eli's program and he can't win as big because he doesn't have all of Satterfield's players anymore. We don't have to wonder if that would be the narrative. That would be the narrative. 
If you're Eli Drinkwitz, you can quintuple your income and, yes, jump into a higher-risk world. No doubt about it. Higher risk. Good luck. How many people believe that Eli Drinkwitz will still be the head coach at Missouri five or six years from now? You know, the bottom line is, if he wins, he's going to get a better job than Missouri bottom half of the SEC. And if he loses, he's out in two, three, or four years. That's the bottom line. So he's not going to be there in either scenario, probably five to six years from now. But he'll have more than $10 million in his pocket that would have taken him a decade to earn if he had stayed in Boone. Are these guys usually more hired gun than they are emotional attachment to a school, a fan base, and a program? Absolutely, positively, no doubt about it, yes. Doesn't mean they're not human beings. Doesn't mean they don't have a genuine connection with you if you're in the fan base or or you're an employee at the school. That varies a lot person to person. And I don't know Coach Drink well enough to know how much he's hired Gunn and how much he had that genuine, deeper-rooted attachment to App State or Boone or those players or those staff members. We just know that he left. He left after one year. He took your money and ran. He was more the hired gun than he was program builder. Does that make him a bad guy in my eyes? No, it doesn't. It just means he's more hired gun than he is the guy who described App State as a top 25 job that would not be a stepping stone job in his eyes. Those are his words, not mine. And yes, they come back to haunt you, not when you leave, but when you leave for a middling SEC job after only one season. You have to expect some criticism to come your way when you described the App State job the way you did on the day of your arrival. 1-800-849-2761. Most of you would leave your current jobs if you got offered five times what you're currently making in compensation. Let's be real about that. Are there is there room for some criticism here? Yes, there is. You can decide for yourself what's two-faced and what's just a guy improving his family's lot in his financial life. That's all, you know, varies person to person. There's no one right answer. But there's no doubt in my mind most people I know or I've I've advised over the years would leave their current job if they can make five times as much somewhere else. And that those are the round numbers as Eli Drinkwitz goes from less than a million a year guaranteed to the four million a year with the Missouri Tigers of the SEC. Lane Kiffin is now at Ole Miss for similar reasons. And Mike Norvell left Memphis for the Florida State job also in part for financial reasons. I would argue that Mike Norvell got one of the best jobs in the ACC. To me, that makes it a no-brainer. Wait a minute. I can leave Memphis, make a lot more money in a better conference with one of the better programs in that better conference? That's a no-brainer. 99 out of 100 coaches ain't turning that scenario down. For Lane Kiffin and for Eli Drinkwitz, I think the calculus was a little different. Why? If you're at Ole Miss, you have a bottom half of the SEC job. And if you're at Missouri, you have a bottom half of the SEC job. Chad Morris was once the wonderkind. Guess what? He took a bottom half of the SEC job at Arkansas, and now he's unemployed. He went from wonderkind, and everybody wanted him as their offensive coordinator, to taking a difficult job in a difficult conference. And he's fired, but, man, did he collect a lot of millions of dollars during those years with the Razorbacks before being shown the door. That's how it works in the big boy world. Uh, Again, it's up to you how you are going to view Eli Drinkwitz's one incredibly successful season on the field. But nobody feels good when somebody takes the most prominent job in your athletic department. At App State, that job is head football coach, period. 
and basically stays long enough only to have that one special season before jumping to not even a great job in the SEC, but definitely a whole lot more money. Steven Apex wants in on the other side. Corbett and Durham wants in with the best or worst of the weekend. You could be next with your question or comment, 1-800-849-2761. It was a simple weekend, as it turned out, for the College Football Playoff Committee. You can't say no to 13-0 LSU, 13-0 Ohio State, 13-0 Clemson. And as it turned out, there was only a single one-loss team to consider in the entire Power Five ranks. That was the Big 12 champion Oklahoma Sooners. So we will have an Alabama-type element, right? Jalen Hurts, Sooners quarterback, is there with the number four Sooners. It is LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma. Great semifinal matchups awaiting us as a lot of others head to other bowl games around the country. 1-800-849-2761. You could be next on an NFL weekend that included the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Niners, the Titans, the Rams, even Mitch Trubisky and the Bears, and Drew Locke and the Broncos getting best of the weekend, love. Your Carolina Panthers laying another egg against the Falcons, this time in Atlanta, lead the worst of the weekend vote in the NFL. Number five, Utah, not only lost a potential college football playoff bid, they got crushed 37-15 to by Oregon in that Pac-12 title game. Shout out to one of my favorite TV guys here in North Carolina, Mark Armstrong is one of the best in that business, Triangle, ABC affiliate. That guy lives and dies with the Utes. I was following him on Twitter just to see, you know, if I needed to put him, send him, you know, the suicide hotline. He, he, took, he took that loss pretty hard. He's a good guy, and he's followed a great team all year long. They just came up short in an ugly way against the Ducks on Friday night. 1-800-849-2761. Your phone calls best and worst of the weekend. Mick Mixon on the NFL and the Panthers. Roddy Jones of ESPN on the college football picture. You can be next with your best or worst of the weekend at 1-800-849-2761. Later in today's program, we will announce the 2019 Big Tailgate Tour Tailgate of the Year finalists. College basketball has a Final Four, as do other sports. We have our own Final Four. We'll announce those semifinalists, if you will, during the course of today's program. We had, what was it, 12 Tailgate of the Week honorees. From those 12, we pick four semifinalists. They're the names we'll announce today. One of those four will win four free Continental Tires, among other cool prizes that go every year to the tailgate of the year. 1-800-849-2761. Your phone calls and more of those headlines next on The David Glenn Show. Christian Leitner, thanks for joining us. It's been less than a week since the I Hate Christian Leitner 30 for 30. The final product of the movie was absolutely awesome. I love every second of it. Maybe I'm not seeing the same thing everyone else is seeing, but I thought the movie was awesome and I loved it. Keep it here on The David Glenn Show. to the David Glenn Show. Mick Mixon on the NFL and the Panthers in 45 minutes. They are a worst of the weekend for many in my inbox. Embarrassed at Atlanta after getting embarrassed by the Falcons in Charlotte. That led to the dismissal of Ron Rivera, among other things. No playoffs, of course, for Carolina. The Canes took a step forward this weekend. App State won a Sun Belt title. And in the bigger picture, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma all deserve best of the weekend, love. 
at the NFL level, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the 49ers had the biggest wins. You can jump in with your best or worst of the weekend, college basketball, NBA, NHL, and, of course, a whole lot of football at this time of year, as you would probably guess. The numbers to dial to get in, 1-800-849-2761. Our tailgate of the year finalists will be announced a little bit later today. One thing that I noticed that App State put out besides, of course, Eli Drinkwitz is off to Missouri. I gave you my two cents on that. Uh, you can chime in with your question, comment. Some of you are mad at Eli Drinkwitz. Others are celebrating a Sunbelt championship and understanding why he is moving on. Uh, I gave you my two cents. We welcome yours now. App State had a post that described the Mountaineers' 12-1 Sunbelt championship season in one objective way that, of course, is accurate. They are the first FBS team in the history of the state of North Carolina to win 12 games in a single season. Now, obviously, that is a recency bias type number because there weren't always 12 game regular seasons. There weren't always conference championship games. So it would have been impossible or for a while impossible to win 10 games. The season I'm mean, 12 games, the season wasn't even 12 games long. But even in relatively recent times, the most successful teams were only playing 11 or 12 games. So credit to the Mountaineers. It is a factually correct statement. They're the first team in the history of North Carolina at the FBS level to win 12 games in a single season. Of course, they can add a 13th as they head to the New Orleans Bowl and as Eli Drinkwitz heads to the Missouri Tigers of the SEC. When they describe it in more subjective terms, the best FBS season in the history of the state of North Carolina, that I'm not as sure about <laughs> because you're number 20 in the polls. And I've only been in this state for 30 or so years. With all due respect, I mean, the Mountaineers are in a group of five conference, not a power five. So even if you win 12 games, even if you are the conference champion, you're probably not going to be a national top 10 team. I've seen what national top 10 teams look like in this state. And with all due respect to the Mountaineers, who are a success story in more ways than I can count, there are other teams that better fit the subjective label Best FBS season in the history of the state of North Carolina. In fact, there was one Mac Brown team at Carolina in the late 90s that went 11 and 1. Again, you couldn't go 12 and 1 because there weren't 13 games. They went 11 and 1, finished in the national top five to the Mountaineers' number 20 in the polls. And those Mac Brown defenses in 12 games never allowed more than 20 points in a single game. They annihilated most of their opponents. They beat a Frank Beamer Virginia Tech team in the Gator Bowl to finish the season like 42-3. to They beat a ranked Georgia Tech team. They beat a ranked Stanford team. I know that App beat South Carolina and North Carolina this year as part of that 12-1 resume. But the Gamecocks were 4-8 and and the Tar Heels were 6-6. Six and six. So it's a fun debate. I mean, ECU would tell you they have a season that's better than this 12-1. and one. NC State would tell you that it has a season better than this year's App 12-1. The best team I've seen in my 30 years was the 11-1 Tar Heels of 1997 under Mac Brown. Their 11-1, subjectively speaking, was even better than this 12-1, although I respect all the teams that would be under consideration for this kind of thing. Stephen Apex, you're next on the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing great, man. What's on your mind? Dave, I, I need a little help. I got some help from you. 
a week last week. I need a little help. I'm trying to do the work you. here real quick. All right. First of all, let me real touch real quick on college football. The, the, the thing, the trend will continue. Either Ohio State or Clemson will win the championship, I think. But, okay, now switch to what I need some patchwork on. I need some help on this. You gave me a good coach, you know, a good suspect, I mean, a good prospect as a coach, one of the Green Bay ex-coaches, the coach Carolina. And uh, Ron Rivera's already gone. That was one thing I needed. And now with the quarterback thing is what I'm trying to patchwork. And I know I've said it before to you, and you, you, you're right. You're absolutely right. He's not a flat, all of a bona fide runner, but he's like a Dollar Tree version of Russell Wilson. I, I, I really like the the backup to the Saints right now. I really like the backup quarterback they got because he he always win. We was at okay. Minnesota. He's winning with, and I just think he'll be a good fix until we get rid of Martin. You know, I don't like recycle people on the Panthers. Panthers need a whole lot of work. The defense is I thought nowhere Steve, near I thought Steve was calling about I, Eli Drinkwitz going to Missouri. I, I and I'm okay on him chiming in on that if he likes. The Teddy Bridgewater question is still weeks away, right? Where do the Panthers go at quarterback? How do they handle Cam Newton still under contract? Uh, Kyle Allen will be back, but assumedly as a backup. They need a starter. If it's not Cam, it's got to be somebody else, and Teddy Bridgewater is a free agent. But that's another question for another day. We're back after this. If my low-and-away curve that barely paints the black so frequently that nobody can hit it, you're going to tell me i got to throw change-ups, fastballs, and sliders all the time? Oh, it's too difficult to hit TTG's <laughs> low-and-away curveball. Wah, 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 wah. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. How the final four of college football got things right and why it's one of the right ways to determine a champion. Mick Mixon on the NFL, Roddy Jones on college football, and your best and worst of the weekend calls next. Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop. After this, yeah, maybe join you in a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, we'll uh, be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. You're listening to The David Glenn Show.